Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. It is a confusing time for investors. Stubbornly high inflation and high interest rates have been the overarching theme this year in financial markets. And that has brought concerns of a looming recession. But there are still no real signs of a global recession. That may be good news for investors, but it has also brought uncertainty to financial markets. So as the fourth quarter is now upon us, should investors be re-evaluating their assets? Where are the opportunities and what should investors be looking out for? Well, joining me on the phone today to tell us more is Anthony Raza, who is the Senior Director for Multi-Asset Strategy at UOB Asset Management. Anthony, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Thank you for joining me. So, Anthony, you know, the fourth quarter is now upon us. And with the underlying theme of higher interest rates and stubbornly high inflation moving markets for the majority of this year, will this still be the top concern as we move into 2024? So, I mean, the answer is yes, but, you know, there's some important differences about what's been happening in markets in the last few months compared to what's been happening over there the last year and a half. And, you know, at UOB, we've been talking to clients about this, and it's kind of like a subtle difference that's going on, but I think it's confusing. Mm. And so we tell this story. It goes like this, that, you know, obviously in the past year and throughout uh, 2022, there was this problem of higher inflation that was causing central banks around the world to fight that with higher interest rates and, you know, even threatening to cause a recession if they have to to get inflation down. And and that's like, like a very negative sort of bearish backdrop for markets and, right. uh, and it's been kind of uh, troublesome in the past year. And so in the past couple of months, it feels the same because bond yields have been going up and equity markets have turned volatile again. And it kind of feels like the same old story. But it's different. And so we've been highlighting, you know, this is tied to this this whole concept of higher for longer mm-hmm. and that this higher for longer is, is, I think, usually kind of just taken as, you know, in the, in the past decade, the central banks kept interest rates lower for longer. Therefore, they're going to do it for higher for longer. But I think it's more than that. And so it goes like this, that it, what happened in the last couple of months is that central banks have gotten interest rates up to high levels and they've been there for a while now. Mm-hmm. And yet... The economic data in the last couple months has been sort of um, surprisingly strong. We had, you know, uh, surprisingly strong jobs and retail sales and all sorts of on many fronts. I think it's just become very clear to economists that these these forecasts that most have had for a recession is just not coming about. And it's not even anywhere close to being a recession. And therefore, the recession is probably more than a year away, mm-hmm. based, just based on the, the current momentum. And so why that has been troublesome is it implies that, you know, what was sort of perceived as sort of a temporary bout of high interest rates to fight inflation, if the economies can hold up at this level, then this means that, you know, average interest rates in the next 10 years, is this going to be a much higher level than we've seen in the last mm-hmm. decade? And not necessarily because of bad reasons. It's because the economy is more vibrant and more strong, even at high interest rates than we've seen in a while. And so what happened to, to bond markets is they started to reevaluate where the average in the next 10 years might be. 
and uh, there's a lot of volatility in yields. And you know, in, in market terms, we say it's it's kind of become unanchored and somewhat disorderly. Mm. And then when you know government bonds are disorderly, then all the other markets get rattled too. Right. But I'd say the the main message you know at UB we've been telling clients is that this actually isn't that bad. This is this is a sign of economic resilience. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same story from 2022 where everyone was worried that you know the Fed was on a mission to kill the economy and and get people unemployed. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is better news, even though right now it kind of feels the same as 2022. I mean, bond bond funds aren't doing good. Equity funds aren't doing well. And therefore, I mean, I can imagine most clients aren't feeling great about investing, mm-hmm. but actually the prospects on a multi-year basis are looking better now than I've seen really in a long time. Okay, okay. So since you're seeing some better news, what's your outlook on equities then? Is there a space for growth for equities? Yeah, so um, right now equities in the last couple of months on the, on the back of all this have sort of turned negative. They they were doing well this year, but they've given up almost half those gains already in the last couple of months. But really, I think it's become clear that a recession is not imminent. And as we look towards what kind of growth we can get, and in particular, you know, as investors, we we don't really invest in economies, we invest in companies. Right. And when you average up the earnings growth that everyone's kind of expecting from these companies around the world, you're getting sort of double-digit earnings growth. And really, if that comes through, then you're probably going to see double-digit market growth um, as, as those, those earnings get, get priced into the market. Mm, I see, I see. So, Anthony, what are some of the opportunities you see in regional equity markets? Should investors enter into the Asian market, despite China being an overall concern in recent months due to their slower-than-expected recovery in its economy? So we historically would say that it's usually very hard for Asia to perform if, if mm. China's not performing. Yeah. And also we remain kind of concerned about China, both on uh, sort of just a near-term economic cycle basis, but also kind of the structural property problems they've been managing. So it kind of feels like it's going to be a bit more time before China really feels back on its feet. Nevertheless, um, we've been saying this year that actually we think Asia can perform even without China this year. And that's kind of not something we usually say. But we've been highlighting, you know, Taiwan is is in a strong position on sort of the global technology front, and ASEAN has good uh, domestic uh, consumer uh, bases, and markets like Indonesia are performing well. And so, you know, it's definitely a headwind that China isn't doing well. But I don't think we we have to ignore the rest of Asia. I think um, I think Asia has been surprisingly resilient even without China. And over on Wall Street, selling seems to be accelerating in U.S. markets in recent days. But, you know, despite recent headwinds moving U.S. markets negatively, should investors still be positive on U.S. equities? Yeah, I think there's still room to be positive. I I would point to the earnings story that I mentioned before Mm -hmm. on a global basis, that even in in the U.S., I think the consensus earnings growth forecast is about 12 percent. And, you know, we scrutinize that, but we largely think it's probably going to come through. And if it comes through, I think that creates, you know, an upward gravity to to help support uh, equity markets in the U.S. also. Okay. What about fixed income? I mean, we've seen bond yields at higher levels than they have been in 15 years. Is this a cause for concern in the near term? So I, I guess in the near term, um, the, the volatility is still still a bit of a, a, a worry. But really, on a sort of a one to two year basis, I mean, bond funds look as good as I've seen in more than a decade, mm-hmm. right? The, the yields are so high 
And and quite honestly, I think uh, everyone's fearful that, oh, they've gone up this high. Can't they go much higher? But, um, you know, I would have the view that actually I really think we're very near the peak now. And that would be because central banks have come close to their peak. And if you think through where the average yields of the central banks will be in the next 10 years, it's probably not going to be much higher than this. Mm -hmm. So I really think we're looking at a peak in these sort of like long-term yields. And if so, the the upside-downside risk really becomes very very advantageous, right? So we we point out that from here, if you buy a a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond and its uh, yield goes up 50 basis points, your your one-year return is still positive. It's about 1% because you're getting a, a good carry already. But if if uh, yields go down 50 basis points, then you're making almost 10% mm-hmm. in the next year. And so just, uh, I think, when I talk to clients, you know, bonds have such a bad, you know, year and a half that I think most are, are pretty down on investing in bonds. But the reality is the yields are so good, it's, it's actually very hard not to make mm-hmm. money in bond funds right now. And Anthony, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, most asset classes, they performed very poorly back in 2022. And it's somewhat similar this year. And so investors, they are likely to be comfortable with cash, especially as current cash rates are higher than they have been in over a decade. But will continuing to hold cash be a wrong move at this time? I mean, I I do think it's logical that, you know, cash rates are good. And uh, in in a world where there's volatility, uh, that that sure seems like a comfortable place. Mm Um, I, I think what I would generally argue, though, is that there's several scenarios where both equities and bonds are likely to, to do better than just your pure cash. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue maybe holding some in cash, but you know, and uh, some in some in bonds and some in equities. I think it's worth spreading it around. Mm-hmm. And you know, just just to give the scenarios, uh, um, you know, if the economy is sustained um, over the next you know couple of years, then equities are likely to outperform, mm-hmm. and um, and certainly if uh, uh, the economy is slow at all, then bonds are going to be cash. So, I mean, I think it's pretty clear one of those two are probably going to be cash. And because there's uncertainty which one, I think sort of spreading between like the three, between cash, bonds, and uh, equities really is kind of a, a smart way to go. I see. I see. And Anthony, you mentioned this earlier. There's no true signs of a global recession coming anytime soon. But there's always been this concern of a possible recession all year round. Are we likely to see a recession by the end of this year? Is it around the corner? What are your views? Yeah, so uh, the way I would argue it is, based on the economic data we're seeing now, it's hard to see a recession within the next year. And I would just say the, uh, you'd be getting closer signs of things deteriorating by now that would lead to a recession within a one-year time frame. Mm-hmm. But I think it is fair to say that, you know, the economic cycles, they kind of look mature, the employment levels are high, mm-hmm. and, you know, it looks more like late cycle than early cycle. Mm-hmm. I think at, at UOB um, Asset Management, we've been talking about maybe uh, 25, 2025, maybe 2026 is kind of... Uh, a time frame where we might be getting the recession. Okay, okay. Then what risks will investors face if recession is not fully averted and it's just delayed? So if, if it's not uh, recession creating our main risk, then, I mean, I think it is the geopolitics, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously the uh, the Middle East is such a concern now. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, we have any particular expertise in the Middle East, but I guess just the the outline we've been using is just um, keying in on if this 
is sort of like a contained conflict between Israel and Hamas, then we don't think it's going to affect markets very much. But if it becomes sort of a regional war between Iran and and Israel, then we really have to evaluate uh, um, what the impact to markets will be. That that'll be a more uh, significant problem for global markets. Mm-hmm. So, how should investors be, you know, allocating their assets safely to mitigate the current risks we're seeing today? Yeah, so I, I think um, that since there's like so many scenarios, I actually okay. think sort of just a balanced approach kind of makes sense. Like okay. I mentioned, if if we go into recession, then um, bonds are actually going to make a lot of money. Um, you have double digit returns in bonds if uh, if, if we, we get into like a real crisis or recession. But on the other hand, um, if there's growth, then equities cannot perform, mm-hmm. and then cash will give you, you know, a good four uh, percent without doing much. So yeah. I think spreading it around, I think, uh, is is the way to go in sort of a in confusing world right now. Do you see the sixty forty approach still working in the current market then? Yeah, so, they, so I, I think uh, the sixty forty has done bad in the last several yeah. years, right? Because uh, both equities and fixed income have struggled. Uh-huh. But um, part of that was just the reset to a higher interest rate level, and it performed really bad over that period. Mm. But now that interest rates are reset, I actually think both equities and bonds have re, you know real um, legitimate parts in your portfolio. And okay. I actually think from here, the 60-40 can do, do a lot better. Oh, I see. I see. Well, Anthony, going forward, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? How do you expect markets to perform going into 2024? So I'm kind of hopeful for like a year-end rally. Um, mm. And maybe that's a little bit too optimistic. <laughs> and quite honestly, you know, short-term calls are always hard to make. Yeah. And, then, and, and, you know, I would always give a bit of grain of salt on, on anyone's ability to protect, you know, a month or two. Mm-hmm. But um, what I think is shaping up is that um, I think the, the especially the equity market volatility was triggered by the, the big increase in bond yields. And I think that's stabilizing. Um, I think the inflation news is good enough that I think central banks are going to be sen- saying more friendly things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and if like the main problem in the last month has been growth has almost looked too good, mm-hmm. then actually that's not bad news for equities. And I think equities actually start to stabilize and can, can have a bit of a year-end rally. But that's that's kind of a tougher call, but uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, looking out for it as a possibility. <laughs> a look out for it as well, a year-end rally. Well, thank you so much, Anthony, for your time and your insights today. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Anthony Raza, who is a senior director for multi-asset strategy at UOB Asset Management. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.